Welcome back to the Champion Forum podcast. This episode is brought to you by my friends at Good Steward Accounting. Are you an entrepreneur that's looking to grow your business but often find yourself in the weeds, managing your finances, looking for ways to maximize profit? Maybe you're a small to medium-sized company that doesn't have the budget quite yet for an internal CFO. If that sounds like you and your current position, I want to introduce you to Good Steward Accounting. Good Steward Accounting is a full-service accounting firm dedicated to creating customized solutions for that small to medium-sized company. They have a proven track record in helping businesses with budgeting, raising capital, cash flow management, as well as short-term and long-term financial strategy. To take advantage of a free one-hour financial consultation of your business, I want to encourage you to email info at goodstewardaccounting.com. That's info at goodstewardaccounting.com. I-N-F-O at G-O-O-D-S-T-E-W-A-R-D accounting.com. Tell them that Jeff Hancher sent you. You will not regret it. Good Steward Accounting is the preferred accountant, the accountant that I use for the Champion Forum. Tell them that Jeff sent you and they come highly recommended. This is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Today, we are going to be reviewing the subject of journaling. You know, there's a lot written about journaling, most of it on how to keep journals, the mechanics of journaling, tools, different disciplines around journaling. It's more difficult, I have found, to find information on what are the benefits of journaling from real life experiences. You know, it's one thing to read an article, read a blog about journaling, and and you should do that. But I think there's something to be said uh, of catching something versus being taught something. And so I wanted to have a guest on today that is has been using journaling for years. I've heard him teach on journaling, and he's going to talk us through not only the how-to, but also specifically how it's impacted his life, some of the tools that he uses, some of the daily disciplines, yearly disciplines in journaling. You know, it's more difficult to find information on real life. And so I think that's the value of hearing from somebody doing things. And that's my goal today is to extract that and help you use that for your everyday leadership journey. You know, most of what is written on the benefits of journaling is about self-discovery, but I think it can also help us in our leadership pursuit as well. There's a lot to be said about reflecting and gathering great thoughts as leaders, especially when we're leading other people and journaling can help you do that. And if me telling you isn't enough uh, to compel you to do this, you have to look back in history and see all of the pe- successful people that, that committed to journaling. These people came from all walks of life, whether it was John D. Rockefeller, uh, Rockefeller, George Patton, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Edison, Ronald Reagan, John Adams, Winston Churchill, and the list goes on and on. These journals left a chronicle of thoughts, events, critical decisions, as well as documented their legacy. But what about you, leader? What about the rest of us? Why should you be uh, writing a journal? You've heard about it if you've been in leadership, but maybe you haven't committed. Journaling helps improve your leadership, whether that is through better organization, improved attitude and judgment, being more intentional as a leader, and positive reinforcement, just to name a few. 
I recently listened to this teaching from our guest, uh, Doug Smith, and Doug laid out very well the benefits of journaling and how he's applied it to his life and his journey to success. Doug Smith is a fellow leadership developer, somebody that I recently shared the stage with and learned a lot from, and I'm excited to have him on. So Doug, thanks for being on the show, helping to lay out the benefits of journaling and sharing some of the best practices that you've incorporated into your own leadership pursuit. Welcome, welcome to the show. Jeff, it's a great honor, and I am excited about everything you're doing in the leadership development space, and I know you add value to leaders every single day, so thank you for the work that you do. You bet. Appreciate you being on. So before we jump into content, uh, maybe introduce our listeners to you. You have an amazing story, an amazing uh, journey and leadership pursuit, and you're doing a lot of great things in the community. Maybe kind of introduce the listener to uh, your pursuit and what you have going on currently. Sure. Uh, if you want me to dive deeper into my story, just ask. But uh, my name is Doug Smith, and I'm 34 years old. I live here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am married to my high school sweetheart, Laura, and we have two beautiful baby girls, uh, Olivia and Sophia. And vocationally, I work for Light of Life Rescue Mission. So we are a nonprofit on the north side of Pittsburgh and have been serving the homeless men, women, and children of Pittsburgh here since 1952. And my role there is I'm the director of development. And so I oversee all the fundraising for the organization. And uh, we're actually in the middle of a relocation project. And so also overseeing a, uh, a $20 million capital campaign. So that's my day job. And then as you are, I'm equally as passionate about leadership development. And so I started a podcast eight years ago to help develop leaders. And that's turned into an organization we call L3 Leadership. And we have a podcast, we have mastermind groups, membership, a one-day leadership conference, and a leadership collaborative program. So we're doing a lot there. I can, I'm happy to dive into any of those things, but that's kind of an 80,000-foot view of my life and leadership. Well, after listening to you, Doug, and a lot of what you teach, the guests that you have on your own podcast, which we can absolutely introduce the listener to at the end, it is clear that you're somebody that walks the talk. I value that and uh, appreciate you contributing to our listeners as well. So I'd like to hear your thoughts today, Doug, on, on journaling best practices. You know, the applicable side of journaling. Uh, like I said at the intro, it's one thing to just hear it or read it in an article. It's another thing to hear somebody doing it that has success doing it. And I'd like to hear how maybe journaling has helped you as a leader. When I listen to some of your teaching about journaling, you mentioned two specific things that you have used journaling to help you grow and develop as a person and as a professional and as a leadership developer. And the first that caught my attention was your year-end review. And the second was one was that you often went back and reviewed old journals to show where was that growth? Um, what was that pattern in that journey? Can you talk to us about these two specific areas, how you navigate those processes and how they've helped you grow? Yeah, so just to give context, in 2004, I was interning at a church, and the, the youth pastor who was overseeing it, uh, the internship, Larry Betancourt, he handed me a notebook, and he said, you need a journal, and I laughed at him. I said, that's stupid, <laughs> and uh, he said, no, listen, journaling will change your life, and so I, I respected and admired him enough to say, I'll give it a shot, and started journaling, and I am now, I can't imagine my life without journaling. I've been journaling now, this will be my 16th year. Uh, of journaling. And for me, it's an intimate record of my growth and development, as you talked about. And so how I use journaling specifically is I have a journal. I'm holding it right here. I know this isn't video, but 
I take it with me everywhere that I go and I write in my journal every single day and I can go through some of the topics with you. But for the value of journaling, the most, the reason it's been impactful for me is not just because I journal, but it's what I do with my journals. And so every year at the end of the year, I set aside a few days at the end of the year and I do what I call a year end review. And I'll literally, I'll go to a, a space where I can get quiet and I have my computer open and I just start reading through my journals and I have a whole template that I could share with your audience of the year end review, but I just start filling out sections based on what I had written the year prior. So some of those sections were highlights from the year, um, biggest key principles and leadership that I learned. How did I grow? I'm a person of faith. And so I write things that I believe God dealt with me about in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I write low lights. I mean, pretty much I, it's, it's, I'm kind of insane about it. It usually ends up being about 35 to 40 pages. Mm-hmm. But why that's so impactful is because at the end of each year now, I have an actual 35-page report of my entire year. And so to be able to go back to that throughout the year and look back on what, what I learned and how I grew and developed has been absolutely life-changing. You know, John Maxwell often says that experience isn't the best teacher, evaluated experiences. And to right. be able to actually evaluate the experience you've had versus just having it is huge. And then you talked about, you know, I I do decade reviews as well. And so the value of this is every decade of my life. So when I turned 30 was the first one I really did. And I reviewed the previous 10 years worth of year end reviews Mm -hmm. and just basically extracted what did I learn in my twenties? And then I Mm -hmm. turned that into a a three series uh, podcast episode. I plan on doing the same thing when I turned 40 And, you know, they always say that, you know, you probably overestimate what you can do in a year, but you underestimate what you can do in five or 10 years to be able to look back on growth for a five or 10 year period is, is unbelievable. You know, I share my goals, I write my goals in my journal every year. And it's so funny to look back on, uh, you know, goals that I had in my early twenties that I thought (laughs) were so big and now, and now I just laugh, you know? And so, um, I think I'll end with this and we can go to the next question, but someone said, you know, hopefully you grow so much that you'll need a telescope to look back. And um, I think that's true, but you don't need a telescope if you have year end reviews and journals. So uh, you can just open them. If I could touch on a couple points that that I'm thinking about as I journal as well. And I think about some of the things that you've said and uh, I'd like to get your take on this. So the year end review, I do the same. I've not done a decade review, which is very interesting. I've looked back. And uh, to your point, the things that I would have worried about in my 20s, mm-hmm. and I look at them now, but what that's allowed me to do as a leader is to help develop young leaders, emerging leaders, to go back and think of my own journey and process that and help other people as they grow. And I've been there. I understand that. Now, you, when you mentioned the, uh, the year-end review as well, you're processing really what got done, what didn't get done, what were the highlights, what were the, what were the low points. I'd like to hear your take on maybe not only how you've used that to end the year and review it, but how have you used that journaling and that year in review to set goals for the upcoming year? Has that been helpful and how have you used that? Yeah, so, so part of the year in review is there's a goal assessment. And so when I look through the, the goal assessment, I either did or did not hit my goals. And, you know, I actually write out in my report, why didn't this happen or why did this happen? And sometimes you realize that it was just the wrong goal. Sometimes you realize that you need to grow in order to hit that goal. And so I always assess the previous year's goals. And then based on that, I set the next year's goals and I spend time uh, reflecting on that. And really what I do with my, to, 
to embed the lessons from my year in review is I actually go through and out of everything I took out of my journals, I then bold the most important things. So again, you can imagine 35 pages worth of content is a lot. Uh, so then I bold the top things and then I actually create a lesson every single year that I do for the podcast called top lessons that I learned in the previous year. And again, for me, the best way you can learn something often is to teach it. And so when I have to reteach everything that I just went through and grew through, uh, that makes the growth uh, increase even more. And so that's what I would encourage someone to do uh, if they're considering this process. And again, I'm happy to share my template and anything that I do with you and your listeners. Yeah. And we'll dive into that because I'm curious to see your process. I don't, I think you would agree there's not a right or wrong. The thing is get, just start, like start yeah. with something. You started with a, a legal pad and a pen. Um, mm-hmm. Some people do other things. One of the things I do want to hear from you, um, I talk a lot about intentional leadership and being intentional in your pursuit, being intentional in your goals, being intentional about the vision of your organization, being intentional about developing the people that are counting on you uh, to not only prosper, but to progress their careers. How have you used journaling to be a more intentional leader? How has that made you a more intentional leader? And what impact have you seen from that to help you be more intentional versus reactive to things and more proactive and intentional? Because I find it to be beneficial in my life. Uh, as I reflect and I review, it kind of forces you to put you know, pen to paper. For example, how have you used that? And what things would you tell the listener as far as best practices and how journaling this way can do that for you? All right. Well, I hope I don't overwhelm your listeners because I love this and I, I nerd out with this stuff. And so <laughs> I will I will try to give a comprehensive overview of what I do. It may sound jumbled, but just go back to, you know, you said the best, well, this is my opinion, the best system that you can use is the one you'll actually use, right? Yeah. The, yeah, the best right. workout is the workout you'll actually do. And so if you get it, nothing else out of what I say, or I'm about to say, just start, just start journaling and start where you are and let your system develop. Because what I'm about to share with you is, has been 16 years in the making. Uh, I couldn't have had the system when I, when I started. And so just start where you are and take what you like from other people's system and don't use the rest. And so right. um, what I do and what I'd recommend everyone do is the first thing you need to do to live intentionally is you need a life plan. And a resource that I make all of our L3 members go through is called a book called Living Forward by Michael Hyatt. The book's a little fluffy, but the, the, the uh, template he gives you to create a life plan is huge. And so what this does, and I encourage everyone to do this, is you need to go away at some point and actually create a life plan. And you take every area of your life and you say, okay, at the end of my life, what would I want this specific area to look like? Or what do I want to have said about my marriage, my relationships, my business, my career um, when I'm at the end of my life? And that enables you to create a vision, an intentional vision for your entire life. Mm-hmm. And then you take that life plan every year and you can certainly update it, but that becomes the premise for how you set goals. Yeah. So you look at your life plan and say, okay, if this is where I want to be when I'm 90, what do I need to do when I'm 34 and then the next 12 months to help me take steps forward towards that? And that's really how I start setting my annual goals. And then now we'll break it down into nerdiness. A tool that I have fallen in love with, uh, I'm holding it now, people can't see it. It's called the Full Focus Planner by Michael Hyatt. These are quarterly journals now. I don't personally journal in this. This is like my day-to-day intentional get work done journal. And what I love about these is the full focus planner is sent quarterly. And in the the journal, you can actually write out your goals for that quarter. Then you have daily 
pages where you fill out your top three priorities, your to-do list for the day and your schedule. And for me, it's helped me never get very far from, uh, it's caused me to never drift from my goals, really. It's helped me to live intentionally. And so this has been an absolute game changer for me. Again, the best system is the one you'll use. Prior to finding this, I tried a billion different things and I'm ADD and I was all over the place. This helped me significantly. Um, and then the two other things I'll share with you and we can dive in, but this is my regular journal. I know you, uh, you put in the questions, what journal do you use? The yeah. one I've been using these probably for 10 years. Uh, they're called, it's hard to describe it. It's a black leather journal. You can find them at Barnes and Nobles is where I get them. But the company is called gallery gallery leather and it's their large journal. You can also Google it and find it. Um, but they're my favorite journal. I've, gotten a ton of other people using these. So that's my favorite journal journal. And I could walk you through what I write in there, but that's more my personal life. Yeah. And then just an, another fun journal that I use daily my, with my wife and I is on our phones. It's just called the five minute journal. And it's very, very simple, but for us, it's a, it's a way to create memories. And on there, we just, the main thing I use it for is you can put a picture of the day. And so uh, mm-hmm. every day I put a picture of the day and maybe a highlight or two, and they have some other things that prompt you. What are you grateful for? You know, what way today? Great. And so when I'm doing my year in review, I'll actually go through that. And it's fun just to go through a visual of like the highlight of each day from a visual perspective. And so again, big picture, start with the life plan, break that down into annual goals, find some kind of tool to help you be intentional daily, monthly, and quarterly. And, uh, and I think you'll be living an okay life. <laughs> start with the end in mind, right, Doug? That's I right. Mean, I, I think that's great insight. And when we, when we talk about being intentional, whether it's in leadership, in your life goals, in relationships, whatever it means. It's important, I think, to frame intentions in your mind. You know, what does that look like in your mind? But whenever you start writing things down, journaling, I mean, a lot of people are doing that with goal setting. I think what journaling does is it it makes you intentional because it offers accountability. It makes something a little more concrete and powerful because now it's starting to resonate. It's telling you, am I getting closer to that life goal? Am I getting closer to that quarterly mission, that daily mission? Now you had mentioned it, and maybe we can touch on this. You're using a couple of different tools. Are you using, um, are you using different journaling practices for your personal life and for your business and professional development? Yeah. So the, the gallery leather journal that I talk about, this goes with me everywhere I go. And in here, Uh, It's just really my, this is my, this is what I would call my actual journal. So this is where every week I write my top 10 goals in my journal to make sure they're in front of me, to make sure they haven't changed, to make sure that they're actually my goals. Um, I'll write in here thoughts. So this is what most people think of with journaling, but I probably only do this two or three times a week where I'll write down, you know, Hey, here's an update on my family life. Here's an update on my work life, um, et cetera. I have a section in here for memories. And so literally I'll just write memories at the top and anything funny or unique that happened uh, in my day-to-day life, I write there. And I actually create a report of that at the end of the year, separate from the year end review. So literally, I mean, hopefully when I'm 90, this will be helpful, but I have memories from every single year now, just in a word document typed up. Um, And so it's always fun to go back and look at those and remember inside jokes that you forgot about, et cetera. You Um, mentioned that in the teaching that I listened to you do about this, you talked about going back and reviewing old journals. Do you have any examples, like, like examples, a story maybe that you could tell the listener of the value of like going back to that time? Like you mentioned, like what you worried about in your twenties, it's kind of laughable to go back and think about it. What's the value of pulling that journal off the shelf 
going back to that time or that big challenge you had as a leader, reflecting on it. Any examples of that? And what's the value of doing that? Yeah, so the example I think of, and I don't know if it was what you're alluding to, but if you were to read my journals from the time I was 18 years old to the time I was 23, I, I, would, I would venture to say that 75% of the journal was filled with me saying, is Laura going to marry me? Am I ever going to get married? I hope so. Is she, does she love me? Does she not? Does she love and, <laughs> and, uh, and literally, after five years of journaling that, God, and again, I'm a person of faith, God dealt with me. And, uh, and he basically said, Doug, if, if I could fast forward your life and you could read a journal 10 years from now and know that you'd be married and have kids, would you stop worrying about this? And I said, yeah, yeah do, you ha- do you have a copy of that journal? or <laughs> Do you have that on DVD? And he didn't, but he dealt with my heart. He's like, Doug, I know the desires of your heart. And if you'll just follow me, like cast a care on all that stuff. Just trust me. Yeah. And that set me free. And, and if you were to read the rest of my journals, you wouldn't read any more worry. And I think the value of going back and, and looking at where you are, uh, I think of a few things. Number one is, is I always think about growth as similar to getting your hair cut. You know, you don't see your hair grow every day, but all of a sudden you wake up and you need a haircut. The reality is when you're growing as a leader, you don't see yourself growing. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it feels like you may not have made progress at all. But when you look back two years, three years, four years, five years, it's like, oh my goodness, I've grown immensely. I've grown immensely. And so that's huge. And from a faith perspective, and if it's okay for me to go there, it's a great reminder of of the faithfulness of God. That's a perfect example. I've actually gone back to, to that story with my wife multiple times. And you just realize, hey, God was faithful when I was 18. He was faithful when I was 23. He was yeah. faithful when I was 30. Because it's so easy to forget the faithfulness of God right. in your journey. And uh, so to remind yourself that I've been through this before. God got me through. He always does. He's faithful. Um, is one reason I think that makes me tenacious, right? It's like I won't give up no matter what it looks like. And yeah, I think you've one been reason there. for that, yeah, I've been there. You, you've touched it's in my journals. Boat. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it makes us better leaders too, better mentors, because, you know, there's some 18 to 23 year old out there that's writing those things in their journal too. And it helps us to reflect back on the peaks and valleys, the big wins, the big challenges, whatever it might be. And I think that's valuable. Now, um, you're using paper and pen. Now, have you ever explored, uh, there's so many electronic platforms. We live in the day of technology. Now, you yeah. said it best, like use the one that you're going to commit to. But have you tried those? Do you have opinions on them? Uh, what have you heard from other people? Uh, what are the pros and cons? Or is, are you indifferent? And it's like, hey, look, just use what you're going to commit to. Yeah, I would say the best system is the one that work for you. I have tried other things. I would tell you this, my year in review would be a lot easier to type up if I just typed my entire journal throughout the year uh, instead of me having to retype everything. But um, for me personally, I think there's something about putting pen to paper that is transformational. And again, that could just be me. But same thing with my to-do list daily. I've tried Evernote. I've tried a billion to-do apps. It just doesn't work for me. I'm a pen and paper guy. There's some, I have to be writing things down. Even in meetings, I prefer to write notes down rather than type them. So it's a personal preference, but again, find a system that works for you and, and use it. Yeah. And there's last, you know, one of the last things I'm, I'm hoping to hear from you as well, because journaling, there could be a host of things that people put in journals. You started out mm-hmm. by writing about Laura and is she going to marry me? Mm-hmm. How, how did you narrow down? what you were going to include in the journal? Like, what do you typically write in your journal daily? Meaning, are there specific subjects that you're intentional about writing and you categorize them and you're like, I'm writing about these uh, because I want, these are important in my life and I want to make sure that I made progress here or I didn't and I become aware of that. 
what are those things for you and how did you decide that those were going to be the things? Uh, well, to answer that question, I just developed my system. And so I add stuff and I, I take stuff away. So again, this is the, I'll just share with you where I am today. But again, that's where I would just go back to listen. If you're listening to this and have never journaled, just start, just start writing what you feel to write or take something I'm about to share and start doing that and then see where it goes. Uh, you might end up literally, if you would have told me that I'd be doing year end reviews and have this nerdy system and love this, when I started journaling, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. Um, but now I'll sit here and sell you all day on it. And so for me, um, what I usually write in my journal, I mentioned the memories already. Uh, I'm a person of faith. So I spend time with God every day and have devotions. And so anything that stands out in the word of God uh, or something that I listen to, or I feel like if God's dealing with my heart on something, I'll write that out. Um, I have a general journaling. This is where I talked about, I usually give an update once or once every two or probably once every two weeks is probably accurate. Uh, I'll just write the big sections and categories of my life. So I'll write like light of life and give a, a few paragraph update. I'll write L3 update, um, Laura, my wife update, kids update. Um, just so I'm like keeping myself informed of everything going on. I write my prayer requests in there. So like anything I'm praying for, I write down. I mentioned already, but I do put my top 10 goals in my journal every single week. I write them down. Again, that helps me keep them in front of them. And the last thing I would just say is anytime I have a, a meeting with someone that, I don't want to say of significance, I, I, that's not actually true. Anytime I have a meeting with someone, I bring my journal because I never know the one idea that they're going to share with me that could change everything for me. Mm -hmm. um, so for instance, I just had, I had the opportunity to have lunch with John Maxwell. Yeah. My journal, I filled out seven pages in my okay. journal of my notes from John Maxwell. And now I've turned those into electronic. But again, I think there's also value uh, when you meet with someone to actually show you value what they're saying, to write down what they're saying. And um, I sure. do that in my journal. So those are the big categories for me. How do you, how do you incorporate gratitude into journaling? And what benefits uh, yeah. have you seen from that? <laughs> Uh, these are probably twofold. One is I mentioned that five minute journal, um, that I use on my phone that does ask you to, sh to write three things you're grateful for every single day. So I, when I need to, or when I have time to, I do do that. And then secondly, I would say gratitude comes forth when I'm journaling and writing out about the categories of my life. Usually, um, I'll find a lot to be thankful for when I'm journaling things out and then I'll just, I'll actually write letters to God in my, uh, in my journal and I'll just say, God, thank you so much. God, at, this, this is going to get a little preachy, but, um, God dealt with me one time. I was, I was in a, I basically was depressed one day and Laura told me to go spend time with God. And, uh, I, I jumped in my office. I spent, I felt like God wanted me to read the book of Philippians and I actually don't remember the verse, but it said, thank God for everything he's done. And I felt prompted in my journal to start writing down everything I was thankful for that God had done in my life. And from the time I gave my heart to him and literally I was probably a page in and I was only six months into my walk with God. And I just started crying and I just said, God, how could I ever, ever be depressed after everything you've done? And man instantly took the depression away and changed everything. And again, that's journaling. And I've probably done that mm, a dozen or two times since then. So I don't know if that's man, helpful, but you over delivered Doug. That that's exactly what I assumed that I would hear. And I think for the listener, there's going to be challenges that come. There's, there's yeah. going to be adversity that comes. There's going to be some, some valleys that you have to get through. And by journaling what you're grateful for, what that helps us do is it helps us to focus on the positives. And by journaling, you can go back and see the valleys that you came through and 
as you grow in that and you see that, man, you know what? There is a lot to be thankful for. It helps get your eyes off of the challenge, whether that's personal, whether it's business and leadership, whatever it might be. Make sure that gratitude is a part of your daily journaling because it keeps your mind right and it keeps you sharp. It keeps you positive as you grow as an individual and as a leader. Now, um, that, that's some very good stuff. Any other uh, ideas, summaries, or best practices we should know about, about journaling or year-end reviews? Because uh, I definitely want to give you some time to talk about this great event that you have coming up as well. Yeah, the last thing that just came up when you were just sharing is there is one other thing I do in my journals that may be beneficial. Um, and I, anytime I have to have a hard conversation, I write out that hard conversation in my journal. Um, historically as a leader, I've been passive aggressive. I used to be the king of gossip. I've since learned and matured and grew through that. And I have the journals to prove it, but, um, hard conversations were not easy for me because I'm naturally a people pleaser and I want you to like me rather than, uh, actually be able to speak the truth and love to you. And so journaling as a leader has enabled me to have to be able to have hard conversations and that growth alone is worth the price of journaling. So maybe if you're listening to this leader and you, you can think of 10 hard conversations that you need to have, maybe write out what you want to say. And I have a whole process for this. I actually did a whole podcast on that I can send to you, but um, I think there's value in writing out conversations that you want to have. No question. Yeah, we covered that Staben model, but I've never incorporated it into journaling, which I think is a great best practice because now it's documented because you're, guess what? You're going to have another one. There's going yeah. to be another difficult <laughs> conversation. And if you journal that, there's some historic value to that to go back and learn from what did I do well, what didn't I do well? Because in leadership, part of that is having the difficult discussion. And I think journaling is a great way to archive that and grow through that, especially if you're a passive personality type leader that avoids conflict. So great, yeah. great feedback. A couple of things that I would add to that as well is – some things that I do, again, this doesn't mean they're right or wrong, but they've worked for me is right early in the morning and before, this way it's before the events of the day. Your mind's fresh, you know, you don't have all the to-do lists coming at you. You can clearly think. Yeah. I think it sets the tone for the day as well and it helps you to capture some events, um, you know, of what happened. You had a night to think about it. I would also say maybe wrap up the day. I do this a lot before I go to bed is that I'll try to write, write some highlights of what happened during the day. So it's a little more clouded at night, I find, so I do both. I look at in the evening, right before bed, and right when I wake up when I'm fresh. That has worked for me because it lets me process the day. Then I had the night to go, so maybe a coffee in the morning, and I'm a little more clearly thinking about what did transpire and how am I going to engage that. The other thing I would say about journaling is don't overthink it. Doug made that yeah. uh, mention earlier as well. If it is like Doug started, which is a legal pad and a pen, just get started. And what you'll yeah. find is you'll mature and you'll evolve through that. Don't overthink about what you're going to write. Just start and write whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart. The point is to write about your thoughts and, and process what's going on, not publish a polished article for Forbes magazine. You know, yeah. I believe that regular usage of journaling is what makes us better as people, as professionals, as leaders, and even in our personal relationships. So during your journey, you'll have moments and times that do require firm leadership to Doug's point. And journaling can absolutely help you through those. And they, that has helped me immensely early. If you're an emerging leader, 
absolutely write those things down like Doug mentioned. It's proven to help many leaders make better decisions. It's, it, journaling brings a lot of clarity and it'll help you bring clear priorities and become much more balanced to your team and whenever you're delivering in public settings. It will give you more self-confidence to deliver when it matters the most. So give it a try for yourself and just begin right where you're at. So before we go into um, talking about the event and wrapping this up, do you have time for a speed round of questions? Uh, I love it. I do a lightning round for my podcast. I've never, all right. I've never been interviewed with a lightning round, so let's go. All right, all right. So uh, I think this is always good to hear from leaders. Um, best leadership book ever written? Oh, gosh. Uh, how about the best one I'm reading right now? A, a book that I think will be a game changer for leaders is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry mm. uh, by John Mark Comer. Um, for I'm very fast-paced, very impatient, never want to slow down. Mm-hmm. And this book is the best book I've ever read on the importance of slowing down and how to slow down. And there is a spiritual aspect to it. And literally, in two weeks, it's changed my life. And I literally feel like this will be a... Um, a life-changing moment for me. So that's the one I'd recommend right now. I might have to, th- I might have to grab that one. It seems like we have more in common by the minute here, Doug. So I, might <laughs> to, I might have to grab that book. Uh, my wife will thank you later. So, <laughs> <laughs> when you become good at something and you're skilled, uh, people seek you, you're sought after. How do you decide as a leader who you're going to mentor? Who do you say no to? And why do you say yes to protégés? Yeah, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I say yes too often, um, but I'm, I would say I'm probably getting at a place where I have to be, uh, I have to choose. And so I think the biggest advice that I've learned that I'm trying to process through the lens of is do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And so, okay, I can't give my life to everyone. I can only give it to a few. So who should those few be? And for me, and again, this is really based on my conversation with John Maxwell, it's is someone making a difference with their life? Do they have the potential? And then if I meet with someone once, one, what are they going to do with what I share with them? Are they going to do something with it? And if they don't, I won't meet with them again. Um, and if they do do something, they also have to align with my vision and values. And so uh, do they want to be a part of what I'm doing? And so um, I'm not quite the John Maxwell level, but I feel like that's a good framework yeah. to, to look through. I love it. I love it. So thinking about leadership advice. You've been mentored by some great mentors. I'm sure you have grown and developed. What was the best leadership advice that you were given that you wished you would have gotten earlier in your leadership pursuit? Yeah, learn how to have hard conversations. Uh, I'm a people pleaser by nature. And I actually had my, one of my mentors say, Doug, you won't mean to, but you you will lie to people. And I was like, what? And uh <laughs> And he said, no, you won't even know you're doing it, but because you want to please people, you won't tell them the truth. And I wish I wouldn't have listened to, but yeah, I I would have learned how to have hard conversations. I would have stopped gossiping. The whole Dave Ramsey, no gossip rule is huge. Um, I I let gossip probably take up 10 years of my leadership journey and that was wasted time. And I, unfortunately I got smacked in the face by it and had to learn a hard lesson. So don't gossip, learn how to have hard conversations. Love that. What's the one behavior trait that you have seen derail more leaders' careers and how can it be avoided? Doing life alone. They live in isolation. One of our values at L3 is leaders shouldn't do life alone. And so um, leaders get so focused on what they're supposed to do that they stop connecting and being available for people. And as a result, they never let anyone in their life and they never let down the mask. 
And so they have struggles that they don't go to people with. And before you know it, 20 years pass and they have a moral failure and never get to finish their leadership journey. Um, it is just sad. So yeah, character development and community. Stay connected, folks. Well said, Doug. Doug, thank you so much for being on the show. Before we wrap up this episode, I'd love for you to tell the listeners about the amazing leadership event that you have coming up and how they can be a part of it. Yeah. So we have, as I mentioned, one of the five things we do at L3 is we have an L3 One Day Leadership Conference. It's coming up on Friday, March 13th. Um, This has been a dream in my heart for 12 years. We launched our first one last year and had 220 leaders in the room. We're going for 300 this year. We have a phenomenal lineup of speakers. We have Jeff Henderson coming in. He's a pastor on staff with Andy Stanley. He just wrote a book called Four. Everyone's going to get a free copy of his book. Uh, We have Greg Weimer, who's a partner of Confluence Financial here locally, Laura Ellsworth, Bill Strickland. But more important than the speakers, what I've been focusing on is we live in an era where it's getting harder and harder to get people in a room, but Mm -hmm. it's more and more important to be in the room than it ever has been. Because we go back to community, you you need to be in community. And sometimes it's not another lesson that you need. You can listen to a million podcasts, but it's the life of a leader that you need. And to actually, for us, the most important thing is that we create an environment that you'll be able to grow your leadership through content. You'll be able to grow your network through the people in the room. And ultimately, as a result of those two, you'll grow your future. That's why you need to be in the room on March 13th. That's right. And how can they, uh, how can they register? How can they learn more about what you're doing and the event? Yeah, just go to l3leadership.org and, uh, or l3one-day.com. Either of those sites will show you everything you need. No doubt about it. Listen, folks, I can tell you, Doug is the real deal. Um, I, I meticulously manage my time. There's seminars all over the country every weekend of the year. I don't go to all of them. I'm very selective about where I go. I already have my ticket to the L3 event. I will be in that room. I Let's value go. Doug as a, as a, as a person and as a leadership developer, and I'm going there to learn. I'm going with pen and paper, and I'm looking forward to being a part of that event and uh, continuing to sharpen the axe. Well, listen, if you have uh, any feedback or questions on today's topic, be sure to email me at jeffhancher at thechampionforum.com. We're also going to post up the show notes so that you can know how to get a hold of Doug and more about the content that we talked about today. Doug, once again, thanks for being on. And to the listener, until next time, you've got to remember, you have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. Win.